it's the South Side's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling 25-20. Got a block for Brock. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring. Steamboat's got him up. A slam. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good evening. Welcome on into the first Midwest Bank studio here on ESPN 1000. I am Jeff Meller along with Chris Black as we fill in for Jonathan Hood this evening on Under the Hood. We have quite a little show in store for you this evening. We are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs for sure going to be looking ahead to a week from now when the NBA lottery actually happens and Bulls fans can finally look at their fate when it is determined. And so we will be talking with Dieter Kurtenbach of the San Jose Mercury News who covers the Warriors. He's going to be talking about the NBA playoffs with us at 8 tonight. He's also a Liverpool fan, as am I. So we will be getting to that, Chris Black. Did something happen? Did I miss something? You what? probably did. Four minutes in uh, to the show, and I do have to mention that uh, my favorite yeah. football well. club had an epic comeback. And I, 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 I don't usually do this, mm-hmm. but because it was an yeah. epic comeback in sure. ch- the Champions League semifinal, I do have to note that Liverpool took down Lionel Messi and Barcelona after trailing 3-0 in the first leg. So, All right, um, so uh, we will get to uh, the sports that we care about here on ESPN. We will do that. We will address that. I understand. Congratulations on the victory for Liverpool and uh, advancing in the Champions League. Uh, but we have other things to talk about, like the NBA playoffs, like the Bulls. They are heading towards the draft lottery. You said uh, it's next Tuesday night. We're all waiting for that as Bulls fans. Where the Bulls will end up. Because that's where the fate of the franchise really lies. If you land in the top two, it seems like everything's going to be fixed for you. If you don't, now Gar Pax, the organization, Michael Reinsdorf, now you have some work to do because you have to figure out how can you get to the point that teams are at right now, currently playing in the playoffs, and that's where we start tonight, the NBA playoffs. Absolutely. We have ourselves a couple of games going on tonight, the Raptors and 76ers. That occurs this evening and the Nuggets and Trailblazers. But probably uh, what we want to talk about is some of the action that took place last night, right? As the uh, as the Bucks and Celtics, they uh, had themselves a game as the Bucks took care of the Celtics fairly routinely. And, of course, they think the game that everybody was talking about, the Warriors and the Rockets, a couple of good looks from both Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, neither of which goes down and uh, propels us to a 2-2 series as the Warriors and Rockets head to game five. Yeah, and you know, it, it's a series that uh, a basketball fan, no matter where you are, this is what the, this is the series you wanted to see. Rockets, Warriors, and you wanted to see it get to game five tied because now you have a three-game series with the two best teams probably in basketball. I know that some in Milwaukee might say that the Bucks 
have been the best team all season, and they are the best team in the NBA playoffs right now. But I think we would all agree for the last two years, it's been Warriors and Rockets. So uh, can we you, go? Can we go last? Uh, last four years the Warriors maybe. have been uh, well the Warriors the best sure team. but but maybe not the Rockets at this level and the fact okay. that this is a second round series is noteworthy uh you know last last night you look at the Warriors uh Steph Curry and Clay Thompson they go five of 20 from three if they make half of those shots it's a different ball game they probably win if Steph or KD hits a three at the end they tie a ball game that they should not have been in so if you're the Golden State Warriors heading back to Oracle, and I know that they've struggled there at points this season playing at home uh, for some of the last games ever at Oracle before they tear that arena down, I would say that for the Warriors, they should still feel pretty good because they played a terrible game yesterday, and they almost tied it, and they were right there in the end. And no matter what the Rockets were doing, the Rockets hit nine more three-point shots than the Warriors last night, and the Warriors were right there. Things didn't go well for Golden State, and they were right there. So I, I think if you are watching and, and wanting to see the Warriors advance, I wouldn't feel so bad about it being tied 2-2. You have home court. Two of those games are going to be on your court, Game 7 and Game 5. Take care of business at home. You'll advance in the next round. The Rockets are really tough. They like to play a different style of basketball where they kind of – are more physical, they look to get fouls, they look to get into your head. It works when they're at home. But the thing is, in the NBA playoffs, usually the calls, they don't really come for the road team. And that's where you see last night. Many of those calls for the Rockets were were ticky-tack, a little cheap, and it's obvious in the playoffs that they're going to go for a team that's at home with the crowd and everything else going on. I think the Warriors are okay. I wouldn't make as big of a deal of it being a 2-2 series as you almost put the series 3-1 in a game that you played and you didn't play very well. And that's the takeaway I would have for the Golden State Warriors after last night. What's the old cliche? A series doesn't begin until the road team wins a game. Oh, yes. Series don't start until the uh, road team wins a game. That's fine. But can we? Th- at what point is there a caveat that... No caveats. That's the saying. I want, that's exactly I want, the saying. That is the saying. So I want to add a caveat that once, so a new saying. You yes, would like a new. I would saying like to create okay. a new saying this evening here on Under the Hood. Jeff Miller, Chris Black, in for hoodie tonight. I would like to create the new saying that a series doesn't begin until the road team wins, unless or not even unless. Let's go with okay. Except mm-hmm. when you hit game five, because if if both home teams have won. And you hit you hit game five. Can we say the series begins? Well, did the road team win? No. So then the series didn't start. But I want to add the caveat that the series begins in game five, even if a road team hasn't won yet. No. You're not going to... Not much of a series because if the Warriors just do their business at home, it's fine. They move on. So if the Warriors win all their home games... Yeah. Which would include Game Five and seven. tomorrow night, and the Rockets, and then the go, Rockets go ahead and win Game Six at home. Sure, and then the Warriors win Game Seven. Did the series happen? Yeah, by old uh, sports proverb, no, no, the series did not right. happen. Yeah, all right. I just want to get this straight, yeah. so you won't even allow me no. the common decency of adding the caveats. No, why? That we why can't should even, we? We can't even begin the series in Game Five. All right, you, you think this show is about decor? Why I would I? Why would I be decent and, and allow that to happen? I'm trying to figure out. That's all. Yeah. No, right. I, I think I'd say no. I vote no on that. Were you, as you took in the game last night, were you, as we get, let's fast forward to the fourth quarter, late in the game, 
Draymond Green misses a layup yeah. that really changes the, I think, the outcome of that game. If he hits that layup, it feels like the Warriors go ahead and win that game. Were you surprised that both Durant and Curry miss those final three-pointers in the final seconds of the game? I, I, it's surprising that they did. Uh, both shots were fairly decent looks and somewhat open. Durant's obviously. Steph had a, a defender right there, but... You know, Draymond did a really good job in the second half. When the Warriors were down by a bunch, he kept pushing the pace. He kept attacking the rim. And I thought he played a really good game. He's played a, a great NBA playoffs to this point. And I, I'm not, I'm surprised that they missed those shots because we're so used to them making said shots. I'm surprised that James Harden missed that free throw to allow the Warriors to even have that chance. And it, it's like, that's the takeaway to me is that the Rockets were up big. And they allowed the lead to slip. And no matter what was happening, at any moment, Durant or Steph or any one of the Warriors could hit a couple big shots, and boom, Golden State's right there. And it's tough to win on the road in the playoffs. And it's tough to win against a team that's as talented as the Houston Rockets, a team that has a player in James Harden that's doing something that's just incredible. Because whatever he's doing with the ball at the top of the key, what, are you okay over there? I'm good. Okay. I heard you drop something. Nope, I'm okay. good. I'm just making sure. You were trying to get a foul on the mic, I think. You were pulling a Harden. You you waited I'm, for the defender to come towards you, and then you swiped up and you hit the defender's arm, I, trying to get the three-point shot and the bucket. Are you accusing me yeah. of, of something that was not a natural uh, well, shot I mean, there, that, uh, not my natural shot movement there? Yeah, well, but like what we're seeing James Harden do here in the playoffs, it, it's incredible. And you know, when we look back on it, we're going to look back and say, wow, that's absolutely a Hall of Fame player, James Harden. And what we are seeing the Rockets do in this time, whether or not they ever get past the Warriors, they're going to be in that collection of teams that never got past the great team. Mm -hmm. The Sacramento Kings against the Lakers. Even Portland. The Portland Trailblazers had a team that took the Lakers seven games until uh, Kobe and Shaq hooked up for an alley-oop dunk and sent them home. I mean, like there are teams in NBA history that were built to be champions that never get to that level. And that's what we might be seeing with this Rockets team. You have two Hall of Famers playing great. You have the entire uh, scope of the franchise focused on the Warriors to beat them. But if they can't get past, you know, I, I marvel at what James Harden has done. And I think it's it's pretty impressive, and I don't get bored by it. And I wonder if people do, though. I was Because ask his, you, sty- his style of basketball enjoy, is yeah. not um Do you enjoy watching the Rockets? I enjoy watching uh, James Harden. I, I find Chris Paul to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everything else you don't really think too much about because they're all bit parts. They're all yeah, guys who are standing are. in the corner who can hit shots, which is awesome. But really, it all comes down to ISO and James Harden. And I like watching him. Yeah, I can appreciate James Harden's talent. I'm conflicted because I, as somebody who likes smart people, I enjoy the company of smart people. And I think Daryl Morey is a smart person, and it's undeniable. But the team he's created with the Rockets is its the analytical ideal. He's found, you know, with what he has to work with, he has perfected, I think, his roster. He's done about as good a job as you can as a GM. And like you said, they may still come up short having run into this Golden State Warriors team that is going to go down as one of the greatest in NBA history, without question. And so while I appreciate and really enjoy 
Daryl Morey doing smart things around the edges to give his team, his city, the best opportunity yeah. to win a championship. I don't love watching the Houston Rockets play basketball. I do. I again, I can appreciate what James Harden does. All the it, like, you go back seven years ago. I, I don't think you could find a person around the league who would ever believe James Harden could turn into player that he's become. Well, did you like watching the Oakland Athletics play Moneyball? Did, do you like watching the Tampa Bay Rays? It's, it's. I think it's a little different though, because. Well, do you like watching that though? I do actually. Okay. I, 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 because it baseball's different though in the sense that like, it's just it's changed the way you you talked about the ISO ball that James Harden plays again to perfection in a lot of ways. He does, but in terms of like watching it, I, it sometimes it bores me. Yeah, I, I see. I look at it as you have two great teams going head to head, and they have different styles. And the Warriors are being challenged both mentally and physically because of the style dictation from the Rockets. And a lot of it is Harden in the ISO, but it's also this idea that if they get more free throws than you, if they take more three point shots than you, then they're going to take their odds and that they can beat you has nothing else to do with any other play design. It doesn't have anything to do with schematics and like, oh, out of timeouts, they do this, so they maximize that. That's not how they work. They just want the sheer number of free throw attempts and three-point attempts. Mm -hmm. And as long as they can get both of those things and the ball in James Harden's hands at the end of the game, they have a really good chance to win. And it's one of those epic battles in basketball and in sports that we've come to seeing See where you have two teams that are almost equally great, but they're different, right? Yeah. Like, and if you go back to the Jordan years, the Knicks were one of those teams that couldn't get past the champs, but yet they challenged them. And it was a lot like this same situation physically, mentally. They challenged Jordan and the Bulls, but Jordan and the Bulls, they were more talented, more finesse, had more skill. And that's what the Warriors had. And and that's why, you know, you see the game last night. The Rockets won, but it's not like that they own that game. No doubt. They were up big in the second half, and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, they didn't quit. They kept doing what they do, and they were right there down three at the end. You mentioned Kevin Durant. He is uh, jacked and ready for the series to extend if it actually begins. We hit him to 44% shooting. Hard to guard these guys, but I think we did a solid job of just keeping him in front, playing tough, and, you know, we got out-rebounded again today. Yeah, had 13 offensive rebounds. I feel like they had a, a bunch of those uh, late in the game. So we're confident. We're excited for game five, just like I'm sure they are. It's just going to be a – I want to keep talking about, you know, the details. It's just going to be a great basketball game. It's uh, his counterparts on the other side. James Harden, the superstar for the Houston Rockets, talked about the difference in the game. After the first two games, they did what they were supposed to do. Now we get an opportunity to go back home and do what we're supposed to do, and we did that. So it's best out of three, and whoever can get a road, a road win. For us, it was being aggressive. I think our mentality changed, especially after the game two, being more aggressive on both ends of the ball, defensively making sure that you know everything that they get wasn't easy. They still got a lot of offensive rebounds and missed a lot of open shots, but we did also. I mean, I think both teams were fighting, and you got tired legs you got guys playing a lot of minutes and it's whoever can make the plays james harden the houston rockets talking about uh, See, a and, series all nighted up at and two. both teams have respect for each other and both teams understand what this is you know you have five plus hall of famers in the game you easily have four uh playing at their best and you have two great teams who one that's designed to beat the other and the other being the champion it, it is a epic 
battle in sports. And we don't always get to see this, so I cherish what we've seen. And you said that's a little bit boring from the Rockets side of things. I wonder what people think. Like, are you happy that the Rockets are pushing the Warriors? Do you want to see the Warriors lose? Are you bored by the Rockets? I like to see this matchup because I think both teams bring the best out of each other Mm -hmm. because they have to figure out a way to do it that's not their normal way of doing things. I wonder if people are conflicted because, yes... The Warriors are the, you know, they're the favorite, the defending champs, back to back in three of the last four. So there's the natural tendency, especially if you're not a, a Golden State Warriors fan in any way, there's a natural tendency to be rooting for somebody to topple them. The Houston Rockets, in that sense, are the underdog. But as I mentioned, I do wonder how many people enjoy watching the Rockets play basketball. Again, I, I don't want to take anything away from Harden. I just wonder if uh, people are rooting for the Rockets and then say to themselves at the end of the series, if the Rockets can actually pull this off, oh boy, I, I don't know if I'm still rooting for them to win the title, to go on to win the title. Let me ask you about the other series mm-hmm. that uh, took place last night. 113-101, to the Bucks win. They're now up 3-1 in the series over the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving last night, he had 23 points, he had 10 assists, he had 6 rebounds in 43 minutes. He shot 7 of 22 from the field. He went 1 of 7 from 3. Let me ask you this question, Jeff, Mm -hmm. because if the Boston Celtics lose in their next game and get bounced by the Milwaukee Bucks, clearly the Bucks have been the best team in the Eastern Conference all season long. And not only great defensively, great offensively as well, heading into the playoffs, both on uh, offensive and defensive efficiency in the league. Uh, they are good. They have the best player in the league probably in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, and what they're doing makes sense. Everything they do has a reason, and it's a system, and they play off of one player, and it works, and guys hit threes, and they take more threes than almost anyone in the league except for Houston. And this is the way they play, and they have a distinct identity. The Celtics do not. They were a team that overachieved last year without their two stars. Mm -hmm. They're a team that last year, when they got to the playoffs, allowed players to take roles that they may have been uh, not ready for in the playoffs. Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, uh, even Jalen Brown at points, where then when they had to go back to their roles this season, it was tough to adjust. Which, said, which I understand. It is tough to adjust when you get the star treatment to then have to be second fiddle to a legitimate star in the league, Kyrie Irving. So I ask you this question. Say Boston loses and they get bounced in this round. And a lot of the talk today has been about Kyrie Irving not returning to Boston next season. Mm-hmm. Is Kyrie Irving someone that you can win a championship win with as your best player? Uh, to me, it depends on who the second best player is. Okay, so, I mean, because I think a lot of people heading into the year thought that Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown was a pretty worthy second best player on a championship-level team. Look, I think Jason Tatum performed at a close-to-superstar level last season, and whether it's simply the fact that when he's paired with Kyrie Irving, he's not as maybe aggressive, or maybe there are holes in Jason Tatum's game, that some of his opponents have, you know, been clued in on after a full season to watch tape. I, you, I don't know exactly what it is. Jason Tatum has not been nearly the player he was last year in the playoffs. Would you agree with that? No, I mean Jason Tatum hasn't played like that in like four months. Absolutely, exactly. Um, and and I think is it's, it now is it because is it Tatum? Is it Kyrie Irving? Is it a little bit of both? Are they a poor match for each other? Well, I'm always skeptical about crowning someone as a superstar in the yeah. league until they they prove it over time. 
And Jason Tatum was what, on. Real on, quick, what's your t- how much time? I think that's well, the one thing we got to ask. You know, it, it, like here's the problem that I have with it. Was Jason Tatum fantastic last year in the playoffs? Yeah. Was he on the big stage against LeBron doing big things? Sure. But like who who won that series when all was said and done? Yeah, and I mean and and like really like I I was shocked with all the overhype about Jason Tatum. Like many people were suggesting he's the best draft pick out of that class. Remember last year I, last I summer recall. people saying, "Oh, if you go back, Jason Tatum would be taken number 1." Wait, but he's not like a he seems to me like a third best player on the team. And and how long you take to figure that out, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a time frame on that. And maybe he does turn into a star in the league and he can be a number one he doesn't seem to have that killer instinct to me though he seems to be just like another guy who's talented sometimes he flashes it sometimes he doesn't it kind of reminds me of andrew wiggins to a point where wiggins sometimes looks like he could be the most talented player on the floor and then sometimes he disappears to me that's what jason tatum does a lot is he disappears and i think that's strange for a player who's gotten this shine before Mm -hmm. and has proven it he approved it last year in the playoffs. It's weird to me that he disappears. So I wonder if it has to do with Kyrie and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that's taking place this year I, with Kyrie. I'm not even worried about the uh, you know the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, well, look, but that, that, that could not good going on to the court. It certainly could, but just the fact that I don't know if they're a great pair like, on listen, the court. Like, listen, if you had the green light last year and you this year take a shot and then you have to deal with Kyrie talking trash to you or whatever behind the scenes or on the bench complaining about the shots that you're taking when you had the green light last year would you maybe think that that's in their head to maybe not take that shot this season look it's it's certainly possible but i think it's just problematic that jason tatum was you know the alpha on the team last year and then kyrie returns and it's clear because of what kyrie's accomplished in the league that he then took over the alpha role. And so they're de- they're dealing with this and poorly, I think, all year long. Because you've looked at the talent on the roster and you say, why aren't they better? Well, because you look at the name Jason Tatum and you remember what he did last year at his height. He's not playing at that level. He hasn't really, as you said, in four months. If you had to pick one player to build your championship franchise around, your team going forward trying to chase a championship, who would you rather have, Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook? If I have to pick one, I'm probably picking Kyrie Irving. Because they're both flawed. They're mm-hmm. both on teams that we're expecting to do more than they, they're probably going to do because I think we assume the Celtics will get bounced here. And they both have big flaws in their game and in the character of getting along with other players, other star players. It, it is tough because Boston and Oklahoma City, they have a star. They have a superstar. Kyrie, Russell Westbrook. But they're kind of stuck until they do something else. They are, but you know what? The problem is I don't know how many superstars in the league that you can say you can win a championship with if he's the number one. There might only be four of those guys. Well, you know, and, and those two may, might not be and one th- of the I think four. That's ex- precisely, and I don't even know, honestly, if James Harden is the guy who you, who, who you can win a championship with. I think there's certainly a possibility, but I wouldn't be stunned if he just comes up short throughout his career more discussion on this lots of nba talk for you again dieter kurtenbach who covers the warriors for the san jose mercury news will join us at the top of the hour to talk about this also we just touched the surface on Giannis, and uh oh yeah by the way it's kind of a big anniversary for uh a local legend
Yeah, it's, it's a huge a uh, huge anniversary in the NBA world. Uh, multiple things took place on this day, including one of the best highlights of all time. We will uh, tell you about it next here on ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. No hoodie tonight. Jeff Meller, Chris Black hanging out with you. Talking some NBA playoffs. Breaking down some of the stars across the league. Wondering if Kyrie Irving could actually lead you to an NBA title. Broadcasting again live from the first Midwest Bank here on ESPN 1000. And uh, we mentioned as we went to break, it's a uh, pretty historic anniversary here in the city of Chicago. Yeah, Would you like to fill uh, the folks in here, Chris? Yeah, 30 years ago. uh, Michael Jordan over Craig Elo for the shot, one of the most iconic shots in sports history. Oh, you mean this one? The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Set the Cleveland Cavaliers! Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. One to 100. 20,273 in stunned silence here in the Coliseum. Michael Jordan with 44 points in a game. Hit the shot over Craig Elo. What tremendous heroics we have had in game five. 30 years ago today, Jordan over Elo, the shot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you take a look at that shot, that highlight, think about all the times you've seen it. You can uh, picture in your eyes, in your head, you can see Jordan driving to the left, rising, firing, hits the shot, hits the ground, and then the jump after. How many times have you seen that in a commercial? Gatorade, Jordan brand, Nike. It is by far one of the most iconic shots in NBA history. I would say it's probably the most iconic highlight in Chicago sports history. And I I think it's difficult to find something that rivals the impact of that shot because it was at the start of Jordan's apex, right? It was as he was becoming the greatest in the world, he has a moment to go along with what we were seeing and the fact that he was the best player in the NBA with all the points and all the scoring he was doing at the time. And then he had a moment to go along with it. I, I think it just really shows where Jordan went off of that one highlight that this is the moment that people go back to. And I think if you think about it uh, across the country in this city or worldwide, that that highlight is probably one of the most iconic highlights in sports history. You're certainly right. It's, it's interesting though. When you say, you know, the one that rivals it to me is actually Michael Jordan over Russell back in 1998, Jordan's last shot as a member of the bulls. Michael against Russell, 12 seconds, 11, 10, Jordan, Jordan, a drive. For me, that one resonates more so than any other Jordan shot. Yes, and it's not the almanac either. No, Um, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, that may resonate because it's the bookend. It's Mm -hmm. the end of the career. It's the one that, but like, think about it. The Gatorade ads don't have that shot in the the commercial. All the years of seeing the Nike ads of Jordan over Elo, everything that, that adds to it. And, and I think the start is more impactful than the finish. I think the finish was great, but the way he hit that shot over Elo, I, I think that that is remarkable. Uh, you know what, though? I, for me, and look, everyone's open to their own opinion. Well, it was a walk-off, too. 
There was a play after Jordan shot. It was, yeah. John Stockton missed a three. No doubt. The Jazz had an opportunity. Okay. It wasn't a walk-off. He didn't He didn't go to the other end of the court and celebrate with his teammates. That's what we had in the shot over Elo. A walk-off. Yeah. That walked them right into the second round. Yeah, that's fine. Where they ultimately lost the, in the conference finals to the Detroit Pistons that season. Okay. So, so, so to be a great, uh, iconic highlight, it has to be for a championship? No, but I'm simply saying, for me, it resonates more when you talk about one that was essentially giving them the lead to win a title, and again, the last title, the sixth title for the Bulls. Look, again, because I would argue that the shrug might be better than the last shot over Russell. I, what, what about I, changing hands uh, against the Lakers? I'm not the layup, saying that's iconic as well. It's certainly iconic. All I'm saying is, for me, what is the f- I'm again, it's subjective. You feel free to share us, share with us your thoughts. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. For me, when I think of Jordan, I oh, look. He's got numerous highlights, but I do think, and and again, it's different for every person. For me, though, the first shot that comes to mind is his final shot as a member of the Bulls because they won a championship off of it. And again, for others, it may it may be over Elo. I completely willing to have that discussion but for me because they they go and they run like the the story for jordan in retrospect is it's great to look back on the elo shot but they had to get by the what was you know the obstacle the detroit pistons that still took a couple of years before they could do it and it wasn't that season and for me so for me as great as that play was i always think about that season still having to get overcome you had to climb the mountain and get past the detroit pistons when you hear the shot what do you think people think of jordan over elo i what do you mean what, well there you go yeah right doesn't that, that kind of has, solves it right well, there it you has just the said name, the shot it when has, you say the shot what do you think that people are talking about they're I'm not talking not, about not, over russell I'm, I'm not saying though that they wouldn't be talking about russell that's jordan's last shot it has the it, it was given the name it happened first the shot but had Russell happened first, well, that might have been called That's the my shot. Point. Agreed. They went on to lose in the conference finals to the Detroit Pistons. Congratulations, Michael Jordan. 1989 was a great year where you came up short. The shot happened. Everybody knows it happened. But again, in terms of what, what made a bigger impact, for me, it was winning his sixth title over Russell, which was his final shot as a member of the Bulls. Like, it was the start to the rise right like we saw the 60 points against the Celtics wouldn't that be the start to the rise well 63 it's, points it's in all the it's all a part of it it's all a part of it it's okay. when Neo stops the bullets but why, why is he that? grabs him and he drops him to the ground you know that he's the one Jordan shot over Elo that's where you say oh yeah you go back to that's where you knew he was going to be one of the all-time greats I, I think people knew before then because if anything, you had the shot over... It adds the killer mentality. He just ended the, a team. Again, though, he ended them in the first round. A- yeah, again, fine. In a series Still that did it. he should have done... They should have done away with him in four. So are we... So we're uh, then in agreeing... We're agreeing that uh, either shot, the first one or the last one, those are the two best Chicago sports highlights that there are, right? Because if mm. we're debating these two so uh, so much, eh. like that's what I, I'm wondering is that is there anything else in Chicago sports history that lives up to either one of Jordan's two shots? The thing I guess for me, I don't. It always comes down to you know 
who who are you a bigger supporter of? Like, if there's no no, let's let's not do that. We're all why though? We're why? All, because no no no. Because look look, I'm not as big a Jeff, basketball we're all fan. Here. We it, can we can all Chris, subjectively look at the situation okay. no, 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 and no. make a decision. Well, no, I'm not going to give like Jordan the title simply because look, Jordan's great. No, but for every person, it's individualized. If you're a hockey fan, Patrick Kane's goal might be more impactful for you. Here's Campbell handing on to Kane again. Lots of head fakes there trying to shake team in it. Threw one in front of the Oh, my. It rattled around, and it kicked on back, and it scored. Are we sure? We Doc Emmerich no doesn't light. even know what happened. We saw no signal, and we're not sure if they've set a signal of a goal yet, but they are celebrating at the other end of the ice. What chaos. Well, that person would be wrong, though. Why? Because you said so? No, because it's Michael Jordan. It's the greatest athlete in the history of the world doing something that was incredible. That goes above Blackhawks winning a Stanley Cup title. Because you adding in that you have to look at if you're a fan of this side and the other. We're all Chicagoans. We can understand that maybe a hockey fan might be a little bit more biased, but that doesn't mean you're right. I because you like basketball no. more, you no, say Jordan. Hold on, hold on. Sox who, who, fans, do you, who do you think who has more uh, Q rating than uh, I, this is not Jordan about Q rating? This is not about Q rating. It's not it, about that's exactly what we're it's talking. It's not. About. You said what's the the best moment in Chicago right. sports, right? And you you mentioned about people being fans of things. Well, you should be able to put the bias aside and look it's, at the fact that he's the greatest always, athlete in the history of the world. It's always going to come down to a personal bias. If you're a Bears fan, it's going to be the 85 Super Bowl. If you're a bigger Bears fan, but okay, but that that ruins the topic because now people are just saying their favorite sport and here's the highlight. It's not that's that's not it's, interesting. It's a discussion. I'm not trying to be interesting. I'm trying to be authentic. What to you is the most impactful? What's I mean most impactful? Probably something Michael Jordan did for you. Fine. That, I'm not going to take. If I you don't agree Chris, that Michael Jordan's not the most impactful athlete, that's I didn't this say that. Ever did not seen. say that. Did not say that. You you can twist the words all you want. I never said Michael Jordan is not the most impactful athlete in the city. Never said that. For okay. me, what's so, the biggest Chicago sports moment? It's not Michael Jordan. I'm okay. sorry. Like, so I what can, is it? I I'm. You know what? I have to think about it. It's not like I can just tell you right off the top of my head. The Chicago I, Fire when they won their playoff game last week. I have week. no idea. We'll ask Fred. We'll get him on at 9 o'clock. No, I'm just saying, like, how, how could you not look at something that everyone points to? And not only being the greatest athlete. I mean, he's probably the most famous person on the planet, wouldn't you say? Uh, again, Based all on, things that uh, I would shoes. not debate with you. I would not debate any of this with you. All I can tell you is most impactful for me as a Chicago sports fan is not necessarily Michael Jordan. Maybe it has something to do with my age. Maybe the fact that I, as Jordan was coming up and he was hitting the shot, I was eight years old. And so while it was very impactful for somebody who was maybe a couple years older than me who was going through it, I at eight was not a live and die with every sports team just yet because I was a little too young to watch every single Bulls game. So I didn't live and die with the shot as it happened. Well, but I don't understand how you can't uh, respect the impact of it. Though. I do respect the impact. I'm simply saying so what that for each person, it? it's individualized. Okay, but I think we can all kind of take in you the keep, information and make a decision saying we it. can all. I'm saying yeah. it's individualized for every person. If right. you, we have so many great moments over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. You can, if, or even if you want to go back to, again, if you're a little older, again, the age you're at when something happens has a lot more impact on you as well. 
That's fair. I don't disagree with that. I don't understand the concept that because you are a Cubs fan, you can't understand that Jordan's highlight is the most impactful in sports history in this town. Because I think plenty of Cubs fans would argue with you that 2016, whether you want to say Chris okay, Bryant's Cap got to, out, didn't he? No, he had nothing to do with it. Come on. You want to keep You heard throwing... him earlier today, right? No, but I, I'm seriously... He, he said the Bryant to Rizzo for the championship was the best highlight in, in and, Chicago sports history. And I think there's plenty of baseball fans and Cubs fans who would adamantly say that. I'm not a Cubs fan, so for me, it's not the case. But I can certainly see why Cubs fans who had you know, gone through the failures of Steve Bartman especially and felt like it was never going to happen and it finally does in Game 7 in that dramatic fashion, I can completely see why plenty of people who may... Again, it's a personal preference. Who may appreciate and and live and die with baseball more than they do basketball would say the Cubs championship is a bigger deal to them than any of Jordan's shots. But but it's not. um, The question isn't what's the biggest deal to you. It's looking at everything and then trying to come up with what is number one. Based on whose opinion? Yours? On every, everyone, uh, you keep thing. saying everyone as if everyone is impacted the no, no, same but by if something. If you want to ignore that, there I'm are right and wrong Chris, answers. In not it. ignoring Chris, but that's what you're doing. I'm not. You you're, keep, you're saying that I'm I saying everyone. Then you're saying it's individualized. Well, if it's individualized, then I think horse racing is number one because a horse won a race. Awesome, but that you know that that's a wrong opinion. It's not wrong. Yes, white, it is. Wrong. You, you know what? There's no black and white on everything. Uh, but you there, can keep saying is. it over and over again. It doesn't mean There's everybody not, agrees okay. with everyone. The eighty. Five Bears may be the most important team to this city, but you can't say there's one specific highlight that's better than any of the Jordan shots. I did I make that argument? But that's the that's the idea that we're going along here. But there's some huge moments for because '85 the Bears were dominant, mm-hmm. and there was no right. singular moment that stood out for sure. Right, and Again, that's why though, when the most famous person on the planet has a moment that stands out, it probably stands above the others. Unless, of course, you're a Cubs fan, and when there's a singular moment and a final out, and you've waited as long as you did, that may be a bigger deal to you. It's not going to have the test of time that the Jordan shot did. Ooh, I don't know about that. I would say that when you look across baseball, what the Cubs did in 2016, that one moment, that final out, may live on in terms of, that may be the biggest sports moment of the century. Because it took 108 years to end it. 312-332-3776, 312-332-3776, this heated argument between Chris Black and no, Jeff I mean, Miller. It's right. It, you, you just want to get lost in the sauce on that. It's fine. Take cool. place we'll take on, on Under it. the Hood on ESPN 1000. Feel free to give us a call if you uh, disagree with Chris or disagree with me. We're happy to talk about it. Uh, maybe we'll do that, and we will talk with Dieter Kurtenbach about the Warriors and the NBA playoffs here at 8 o'clock on ESPN 1000. We've also got some Bellator tickets to give away. Uh, Chris had a chance to talk with Michael Chandler and Jake Hager, so we're going to let you hear that at 8 40 and Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated will talk some football with us as well at 9 o'clock. This is Under the Hood here on ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Miller and Black in for a hood tonight here on ESPN 1000 talking about the shots on the 30th anniversary. And uh, Chris and I having a little bit of a debate about whether or not it's Michael Jordan's 
or Chicago's? Well, uh, Jeff, I just think it's an iconic highlight in sports history. It's an iconic highlight in Chicago sports history. And not only that, it's uh, stood the test of time. It's in Gatorade ads. It's in Nike ads. Obviously, with the Jordan brand campaigns around his shoes, it has had a lasting impact on the sports landscape. I think it's the most iconic sports highlight that we've ever seen. And Marcel at UIC agrees with you. What's Marcel. up, Marcel? I'm I'm so upset right now. I, I've I've just been listening. I've not called in for weeks, but you just upset me. Um, honestly, this this is how you simplify this argument and get right to the point. There is only one team in Chicago history to affect an entire league to the magnitude where you have several generations of athletes mimicking one specific athlete, and then even athletes within that man's generation mimicking him and playing against him. Reggie Miller, uh, Jalen Rose, uh, the bad boys. I'm sorry, not the bad boys. The, uh, the, 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 the team that Jalen Rose played for in college, Michigan. They're mimicking Jordan, and then they're playing against him only a few years later. To be very clear, great. The 85 Bears won their ring. That's amazing. Thank you. You have not done jack since. The, the Chicago Cubs, you only have won once. You have not done anything for 108 years. Any, who am I missing? The Sox, I was at that game, and I was small. 2000, uh, 2006, all of those games that I went to, all of that stuff every year, I was at those games. They still are pivotal. Michael Jordan is the pinnacle of sports. When you look at who is the most important, there is no debating as to the number one highlight. Yeah, everybody has their smaller opinions, but when you look at the effect on sports, on the record books, on what this man has done for okay, a Marcel, generation. Marcel, let's not, Marcel, let's not com- conflate, though, all of Jordan's oh, great Marcel accomplishments. Was a good I agree with him, Chris. I know he agreed fantastic. with you. No, but uh, thought was great. I thought he was very good. I thought he uh, made a lot of good points, but I do think he was conflating a lot of Jordan's accomplishments with one great marketing campaign. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll continue to do so. We'll do so next right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Jonathan app. Hood. I'm so hood. On ESPN 1000. Marcel's my guy.